Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. All right, so this week we are continuing on our series of a story of hope. And Mace kicked it off last week with an incredible message. It was awesome. And so I want to continue this week. But, you know, the purpose of this series is for people to walk out of this place feeling hopeful, right? There's one thing I want to say. We don't actually want you to leave this place today feeling good. It's not about feeling good. It's about feeling hopeful. It's about feeling motivated to change. It's about feeling encouraged to grow and strengthen your relationship with Jesus. So this morning, I don't want you to just leave the doors feeling good. I want you to feel hopeful, Hopeful for what's to come. Hopeful for what needs to change in your life. Hopeful that the dreams and visions you've been dreaming of for years and years and years that have become squish, that maybe you would feel just a little bit hopeful again. Are we ready for that? Well, I want you to start now. I don't want you to wait till the end of my message and go, that was a terrible message. Or, that was okay. No, it's got nothing to do with me today. It's got nothing to do with what I have to say and everything to do with what Jesus is going to do to you. So I'm going to pray because I want you, if you are someone in this room this morning saying, you know what, you're right, I need to be hopeful again. We've spent the last two years sitting in front of a television or on a TV going, come on, open the restrictions. Oh, not this week or not today. Or we just have to wait another two weeks. You know, psychologically, your brain has actually taught you to no longer hope for something. Psychologically, your brain is protecting you because you've hoped and you've been let down. You've hoped again and you've been let down. You've hoped a third time and you've been let down. And so your brain is going, don't even worry anymore. Don't bother. It's not worth it. Well, today, I believe God is going to allow you to hope again. So let's pray and ask God, hey, start now, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to allow me to hope again. God, we pray right now for every single person in this room. Lord, we know the journey we've been on over the last three years. And God, I pray right now, if there are people here that have forgotten how to hope or are too scared to hope, Lord, I pray that right now you would release them. Release them of that whole God and fill their mind and their heart with your hope again. Lord, we pray for change within us that will motivate us, that will grow us and strengthen us so that we can become closer to you. Thank you, God. Amen. Awesome. Well, today is my oldest daughter, Alexandra's fourth birthday. And I've said a couple of times to people, I always manage to speak on the weekend of my children's birthdays or on the day of my children's birthdays. And so it's, you know, a bit of a crazy weekend. But we've had such a fun couple of months leading up to this birthday. It's her first one um, that she actually understands. She knows that we're going to celebrate her and it's going to be all things Alex for a day. And, and she's loved it. She's come up with her great ideas. Her party was a pink theme. And so everything was pink. We literally just had family over and stuff. But it was like, I want pink cookies, pink cake, pink cupcakes, pink. I even got beetroot biscuits for the cheese platter because they were pink. Mum win. 
I was doing really well. But um, Mon had offered to make the cake for us. And so I said to Mon, listen, we would love that because she's really good at making cakes. Oh, you can see it here. I might be in the way. Um, But I said to her, you're probably going to have to catch up with her and actually have a meeting about her about it because she's quite specific and I don't want to get it wrong and so Mon did and to her surprise Alex was very specific it was like she had to have this rainbow thing and the gold horn and all of that so that was the amazing cake that Mon made which was awesome but you know what you can take that down now it's a bit distracting it's beautiful but it's distracting um you know there was this hope right that Alex had a hope of what her cake would look like. And she is unable to do that on her own. There is no way, as amazing and talented and wonderful she is, there was no way she was going to be able to make a cake that looked like that. And so she partnered up with her auntie Mon and they made it. And she, I mean, Alex just did the telling part and Mon did the making part. But you get the point, right? Alex could not have the cake of her dreams without someone helping her. And Mon was there to guide her, encourage her. She was asking questions. Oh, do you want this? Excuse me. Do you want this on your cake? Do you want that on your cake? Come on, dream a little bit, Alex. We can get a bit crazy with this cake because Mon is capable. God is capable. And God's actually saying to you, come on, dream a little bit. What do you want? What do you want to see? Dream and I will do the rest. Dream and see and I will do the rest. God is calling us to dream. You know, he's planted visions. He's planted dreams within your heart. They're not of your own mind. They are of his. And all he asks you to do is step up and step out into those and he will do the rest. Today, I want to talk about Deborah. Deborah is an incredible woman in the Bible. She was the judge over Israel after a period of 20 years of oppression. Israel was in a place of hopelessness, an absolute place of hopelessness. Everything they did, everything they wanted, it was crushed and taken away from them for 20 years. And God knew that Israel was ready to reconcile with him and come back to obedience with him. And so he rose up Deborah into that position. And so you can imagine Deborah sits at this place and uh, all day long, people come to her and they bring their problems, she casts the judgment, and they go on. Then they come, she judgment, go on. All day long. I don't know if you have ever dealt with children or teachers in your classroom where all day long you are dealing with their issues. It's a nightmare. Alex, stop taking the toy from Jemima. Jemima, stop hitting Alex. Girls, go to your bedrooms. That's enough. Okay, come back together and play because you're better when you're together. No, you're better when you're apart. Go All day long. And then Josh gets home and I'm like, they're yours. See you later. Because I can't do it anymore. But Deborah did this as a job. 
But each judgment that she cast, she actually brought a little bit of hope again. A little bit of hope because they bring it to Deborah. She, she thinks about it on the, on the basis of God's law and she brings a judgment. And you know what? We actually love rules. We actually love laws. It creates our society, society to be the way it is where people can do things. And, you know, sometimes we push the boundaries a little bit, but it's only because we love those boundaries. And so Israel was beginning to realize that there was a little bit of hope coming back, a little bit of stability as Deborah judged each situation and circumstance that came to her. They were able to understand that there were boundaries again. They were no longer under the oppression so much of Jabin and his army. So Deborah, one day, she was sitting there. It was just another ordinary day. Nothing special happened, but God gave her a word. And that's where we're going to read from now. Judges 4, verse 6 to 9. It says, She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went to Barak went with Barak to Kadesh. Deborah was an incredible woman of God who heard what he had to say. She could not do it on her own. She was not a warrior. She was a person that sat back into her chair and people would come to her. So when God tells her, hey, go and get Barak, she calls him, And I love this part where he goes, I will only go if you come with me. Barak knew that Deborah was not a warrior. So he wasn't asking her to come based upon her skills in battle. He wasn't asking her to come based upon the fact that she could be the one that could kill Sisera. He was asking her to come because he knew that she hears from God, that she has a hope in God, that she has a trust in God big enough that if he was at the front of battle and she was back there, he knew she'd she'd got his back, right? I've got you. I've got you, Barak. Keep going. Keep pushing. Come on, get your team into battle. You can do this. God said it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Who are you backing this morning? Who are you backing? There are people in this place that are sitting in this dark corner. God, I can't hope anymore. I'm done. I've tried and tried and I'm done. But they need you to come up, pick them up and say, keep going. You've got this because when you can't do it, someone else will get you up and keep you going. Deborah was obedient. 
so was Barak. Together they knew they couldn't do it without each other. They needed each other to push each other to keep going. They were obedient in hearing God's word and stepping out. The second thing that they were was that they were courageous. You've got to imagine, okay, Israel has been in a place of 20 years of oppression. They've been squished to nothing. They have nothing left. No hope, no dream, no vision for their future because every time they do, it gets smashed. And then Deborah says, hey, God's got us, but we need to go and fight the largest army with the best equipment. Do you know how easy it would have been for Deborah to say, I don't think I heard that. I don't think that was God. Or for Barak to turn around and say, Deborah, you're crazy. There's no way God is going to send us into a place where he's just going to knock us down. No, he's not. That's the point. You get up, get going, and he does the rest. They were courageous. You know, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. It's just a quick one, but just recently... um, I've started doing some park running. If people know what a park run is, you go to the park and you do five kilometres run. That's really great. Lots of people go there together. And um, Rachel and Nathan Thatcher have been doing it for a while. And I remember when I was pregnant with Talia, I said, I really want to get back into running. Not that I was ever into running. (gasps) I really want to get into running. And I'm not joking when I say a lot of my like great dreams, you know, those dreams where you wake up and you're like, whoa, that was a good dream. I was running in those dreams. So in my head, I was like, I've got to be a runner. I'm good at it. So finally, a couple of months ago, I started that with them and they pushed me to do it. And just the other week, um, Nathan had already run 10 kilometers before the park run, which is, mind you, at 8 a.m., so props to you, Nath. Um, he's actually training for a half marathon, so that's, that's really good. Um, but he did 10 kilometers, and then he said to me, he goes, I'll run with you today. And I was like, oh, I'll make you go really slow, because compared to Nathan, like, I'm 10 minutes slower than him. So I'm a lot slower. But he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's good. I've already done 10. I'll run with you. And so we were just running and having a chat and it's all good. And we hit about three, I don't know, 3.5 Ks or something. And I said to him, oh, I really think I want to make my PB today. And he goes, okay, cool. We can do that. But you're going to have to pick up the pace. So I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Like I'm already, I am already done, right? I'm like, okay, we'll pick, up, we'll pick up the pace, no worries. So he's like, come on, let's push a little further, let's push a little harder. And then he said, there's a woman further up, can you see her? Yeah, I can see her. We want to get past her. Okay, all right. So he's pushing me. Can we just show that first photo here? Sorry, this is, this is me being very vulnerable showing my running photo. But we get towards the finish line. And if you can see right at the back there is my Rachie Thatcher going, come on, you can beat him. Come on. And everyone's looking.
donkey and I'm like, what the heck? It's not a race. But anyway, so I've got Rach there. I've literally got 100 meters left and she's like, come on, keep going. I had nothing left. But the moment she stood there encouraging me, I was like this burst of energy, like, oh my gosh, I have got more in me. I'm going to keep going. And then the next one, the entire way, Nath was there by my side. Come on, keep going, keep pushing. You can do it. There will be people in your life that are going to be side by side with you, pushing you every step of the way. And then they're going to be people like Rach behind you, not actually, well, she actually had already finished. So she, <laughs> she had run. But maybe there'll be people back at the back who can't actually do what you're doing, but they're saying, go, keep going. You're not finished yet. There's more in you. Keep pushing. And because of those two people in my life, I got my PB that day. Thank you. (laughs) But I can tell you now, I would not have got that PB if I did not have them. I wouldn't have. Because if I'm running on my own, oh, Brit, you're too tired. You can't keep going. You can't do it. Come on. You can't keep going. Nah, just slow down. Doesn't matter. It's just a PB. It's nothing anyway. It's not that important. But when you have people keeping you accountable, people seeing that you need to push a little harder, people seeing what you can see and seeing that capability over you, pushing you, you will reach those goals and those dreams. I had a hope and I couldn't make that hope happen without those two people. You have hopes. You have dreams that God has put on your heart. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot. You might. But then who have you got to celebrate with? Who have you got saying you did it? I knew you could do it. I finished that race and Rachel's like, you did it. I was like, I did and now let me pass out. (laughs) But people are not just there to journey and to push, but they're there to celebrate. People don't know the journey you've been on if you don't share it with them. Some of you today need to share your journeys. You've held it so close to your chest. You need to share because when that miracle comes to pass, you need to celebrate it. Or maybe when it doesn't, you need people to sit with you and cry in the corner until you're ready to get back up again. It's so important. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's got you. If all else fails, the King of Kings has got you. The third thing that Deborah and Barak did was that they stood true. They knew who they were. They knew the giftings that God had placed upon their heart and they stood strong and firm in that. 
they knew that God had gifted them. Deborah knew, I'm not a warrior. Imagine what could have happened if she thought, sure, Barak, I'll come with you on the front line. She'd be dead in a second because she has no idea how to fight in a battle. People need to understand their place. And that's hard to hear. But if God has gifted you in something, rise up in it. If you know he hasn't, then take a step back. Because there are other people that need to rise in those areas. But if you're too tall trying to reach something God hasn't called you to do, then these people are missing out. I know that's hard to hear. But he's given us all a unique gift, a unique calling. And you need to stand true in that calling. The day that Deborah stood true and acted in the way that God had called her to, she called Barak, she told him, and they went to battle. That day, God awakened within her a new zeal for his people, a new passion to hear his voice because she saw, she saw this Israel army defeat this massive army. And she's like, God, you must be real. That triumph is yours, not ours. You are capable, God, and I give it to you in your capable hands. In Judges 5 verse 7, it says, Villages in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose a mother in Israel. Who is holding back because you are holding back? Who is sitting back because you are sitting back? You know, faith encourages faith. Hope encourages hope. If you stand, rise up in your faith and your hope, who will follow you? It should always be that we are crying out for people to follow us because we are stepping out in faith and hope. Who is following you? In verse 12, it says, wake up, Deborah, wake up, wake up, wake up and sing a song. Arise, Barak, lead your captives away, son of Abinoam. This scripture, it's like Jesus, God is saying to them, hope again, dream again. When someone needs to wake up, you might shake them a little bit. Wake up. It's like God saying, wake up. I know you've been in a place of oppression. I know you've had everything crushed within you, but today I'm calling you to wake up. He is calling us to wake up, church. We have been in a place of oppression. And he is calling us to wake up, to dream again, to hope again. Are you ready? Are you ready? Tim, you can come up if you like. Thank you, Talia. I love what Mel said this morning. Being comfortable is not what God has called us to. Being comfortable is nice for a period of time. It's nice for a little refreshing. But we are not called to be comfortable We are not called to sit back because God has called you to incredible things. So you need to get a little bit uncomfortable. 
in John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to its full. You know, sometimes the enemy uses people we love. I stand forward and I say, I've got this dream. And they look at me and say, oh, Brit, I don't want you to fail. I don't want you to fall. That dream is all the way up there. But if you don't reach it, you'll, you'll fall again. And so let's just not dream anymore. They don't mean to be mean. They don't mean to crush you, but because they love you with a, with a human love, they want to protect you. But when they protect you, you lose your hope in that dream. Some of you today, you've had dreams, but the people around you have tried to protect you. Don't dream so much. Don't hope for so much, because if you hope a little less, it won't hurt so bad. No, God has called us to dream. God has called us to to reach the highest mountain. You can't do it on your own, but you're not meant to. God will carry you the rest of the way, but you have to get up and get out. Deborah got off her seat. And she went to battle. And she's yelling at Barak, keep going. Keep pushing. Who do you need to say today? You've got this. Keep believing. Hold on to the faith and the hope and the love that you have in God. I know it doesn't feel like it's there anymore. I know it's been taken away from you, but it's not. Because your God never gives up on you. Your God never stops pursuing you. Your God will fight until the death for you. And He did. And then He rose again. Come on. You need to get up and you need to go. Some of you today, you are Barak. And you've got to go to the front of that battle. And you need to fight. And some of you today are those Debras. And you need to stand back and you need to say, I've got you. I'm here for you. Keep pushing. Keep going. Oh, I feel like God has these dreams in this room. And it's like in me, it's bursting. I'm excited. I am excited for what God is going to do at Resound Church. I'm excited for what God's going to do outside of Resound Church because of people in Resound Church. But you need to get up and get out. Because God has called you. He's gifted you. And He will carry you as long as you rise. Let's stand. I've asked the team to sing 
surrounded or this is how I fight my battles. And this morning, if you are someone like a Barak who knows that you need to get to the front line and you need to fight your battle, then I want you to sing this song this morning. Like you know God is carrying you. And if you are a Deborah who's like, I'm here to support you, I need you to do it even louder because sometimes when the Baraks don't have anything left, the Debras have to get louder. Who's getting louder in this place this morning? I am because I'm not here forever. I will die one day, but when I die, I want to leave a bunch of people behind me ready to fight the battles. Come on, let's worship this morning. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.